1: on thank you you are listening to the dr pat show this is talk radio to thrive by and i'm so thrilled we get to kick off another week here and what do i want to say just pump up positive talk radio many of you have been emailing and asking about our crowdfunding initiative and uh here's what i want to say about it we stepped back from doing that a little while ago and wanted to wait until we had some more uh you know, what do I want to say? Information about our technology. But yes, we are going to do our crowdfunding effort that is called Take Back Talk Radio. And it's an initiative to not just save positive talk radio, but to expand it and to do it in the most cost-effective way. And you're going to hear lots more about that. Um, Today, the question though is, You know, what do we know? How do we continue to bring amazing guests to all of you? How do we do it in the best way that we know how? Now, here's what I want to say about all of this. Somewhere along the way, I learned about, are you ready? Totem animals. Now, many of you have heard me talk about going out to that desert. Benny certainly has had me talk about that. And then Benny and I have had some very interesting Sharing sharing of some I don't know I don't know if a fish is an animal, but you know seal your gun it's joining me here today because that's why she's going to help answer all these questions, you know, who knew that Benny and I would ever share the love of an amazing goldfish, who knew that uh but what is it about our totems of these fabulous animals that come to us, what do we learn and how is it that they come to us at some of the most, I want to say for me, painful times in my life? But yet today I am so eager to talk with Celia about this. Uh, For many of you, she's an author, international speaker, began her life, uh, and this is something in England. has lived in Israel and Canada, and here she is, the author of this crazy good book, which we're going to give a copy away, Totem Animals, Plain and Simple. I love that because we can complicate the heck out of things. Wow. Celia, welcome to the show. It's great to have you here. It's wonderful to be here. Thank you. So I want to talk a little bit before we jump into the book. I want to talk a little bit about you, for example. I, I didn't mention uh, sh- the shamanic journey, you know, which inspired your memoir, right? A Twist in, in, in Coyote's Tale. Uh, right. I didn't mention that, but I do want to talk about this. Not, not from, oh, why did you write the book? I want to know about your journey. And here's what I'd like to know. You're an author. You're a speaker. I, I didn't even begin to touch upon the adventures that you have been on. But what are some of the challenges, okay? What are some of the obstacles, Celia, that you had to overcome to get here today talking to us?
2: Oh, that's a good question. Oh. Um, well, I, I will tell you the first one was in. And this is actually how I actually first learned or even heard about the tradition of totem animals, which was, oh, a good – let's see now, 25 years or so ago when I was living in Canada – and i was drawn into this situation of these native american people who had been declared extinct by the canadian government and i was drawn into their situation their situation of kind of a rebirth of coming back into their roots back into their identity they were not extinct they were actually just fragmented and scattered and i was living i came to be living right on one of their ancestral villages five thousand year old village in british columbia and knew, having been drawn there, that I was going to have something to do with these people. I was a single mother with three children, and I had um, come there ostensibly because of a teaching job i just obtained. And my son, who was only four at the time, became very sick. He had shingles, and four-year-olds getting shingles, and almost unheard of. And everything was going very, very badly. The The school was it was an alternative school, and it was kind of falling apart. There was a lot of strain and stress. There wasn't enough money. I was really um, kind of winging it on my own with 12 children. I mean, I was competent, but it was just very limited resources and very limited um, potentialities. And at this point, my son got so ill, and I just went out onto the ancestral village, actually onto a burial ground that I didn't even know existed yet, and sort of pounded on the ground. And I was really in a dark night of the soul practically just as you spoke earlier a difficult time and i said oh why am i here this is too much why did i ever come here my life was so cushy before and i don't know what i'm doing here i need help and that was the key word of course i need help please help me and i called it out to the snow and the trees and the mountains and it was perfectly silent and thought i was utterly mad and went back to the log house i was then living in renting and um And my children were out with their father, my ex, and I sat in the chair and looked up at the mountains and I just felt totally drained, absolutely like a bit of jello on the floor. And in the sky started to appear, the clouds started to literally sort of shape shift. It was really spooky. And then there appeared slowly this enormous wolf head hanging in the sky, just the head of a wolf. The ears, the muzzles, the eyes, the ruffs on the cheek, the nostrils, everything was there. The jawline, all, you know, these clouds were forming it. It wasn't the shape of a cloud. It was forming into a cloud. Mm. And I'm sitting there absolutely gobsmacked. I don't know what it is happening here except everything has gone really kind of silent and strange and otherworldly. And then slowly, slowly it begins to dissipate. Well, I had no idea what this was about. I had a suspicion I was being given guidance, but I'd never heard of totem animals or animal spirit guides. I knew about guardian angels, but I'd never heard about animals being a kind of guardian angel or spirit guide. And slowly, over the next year, I began to learn about this tradition because I told one of the native people what I'd seen. And he tells me, ah, he said, now you have found your, you have been shown your Summach. You have found your sumic. Now you're on your path, and your sumik will help you on this path. So I hear this word sumic, and this is interior Salish word. And I don't know what this word means, but I knew better than to say, oh, what's that mean? You know, because I understand with Native people, you don't ask questions. You just wait, and you will learn. And so I found their creation myth. And basically what I learned is that there is a kind of, from the first beginnings of people being created on the earth, we were the last to be created, the two-legged. The first peoples were the plant and animals and mineral people. And when we came, Coyote, according to their mythology, Old Man Coyote made a contract with the first peoples, the animal and bird and plant peoples, mm-hmm. to support the new 2 leggeds because they were so puny and weak. And they would give their lives to do this and guide them. And the way to communicate with this, through for, for the sacrificial giveaway that the animals and birds were giving for us in the plants, um, was through the sumich. And the sumich is basically what we are now calling animal spirit guide or the sacred power of communication through animals and plants. Mm. And and it was a given with these people. So that came to me. Over the next year from this very dark night of the soul, this was just one of the hurdles I crossed in this understanding of, of animal spirit guides. Yeah. So I was shown wolf, and I was shown a white wolf, right? Oh. It was a, a gleaming white wolf in the sky. And then I learned that the sacred mountain of these people has a spirit name of white wolf. So it's it's so, it's, it's complicated, like you say, but it's not. It's actually really very simple. Yeah. If you can just keep that level of, um, don't get too hung up on everything. Just, you know, keep keep it sort of sort of simple in your mind. This, this creature has a, a significance. Anyway, that was one hurdle. And another huge hurdle happened just after I was commissioned to write this book you're talking about, Totem Animals, Plain mm-hmm. and Simple. I was diagnosed with breast cancer. Oh, wow. And it was a nasty one. It was actually two cancers at the same time, in, in two breast cancers, two different ones. And that was shocking enough. And my, my um, publisher said, oh, the last thing you want to be doing right now is writing a book. And I said, no, no. I said, I will do this because it's come to me to do this and I will do it. And so as I progressed through the full whack of, the, of breast cancer treatments yeah. so or the mm-hmm. mastectomy um the lymph nodes the chemotherapy the radiotherapy the herceptin yeah. the whole thing i was writing this book and what it what a gift it was because although it was a terrible time and i think people who have had any experience of right. this or know somebody will know that you're taken to the to the point of the edge of death where you're yeah. so poisoned but it also puts you in a liminal state and somehow it was actually as I was the creatures came to me they not only came to me in understanding their their meaning their their symbology and and the messages they can carry they actually were appearing to me like never before i mean i have the book itself is dedicated to the six creatures who yeah. appeared to me during this horrible treatment and as i came to understand them and their meaning and the messages they were carrying i understood the direction I had to take within myself to deal with this disease, because it had a, has a root in, in in deep in my psyche, right? And um, yeah. and I think one of my best examples was just the night before the surgery. I felt very dark about it all. I mean, surgery is worrying, you know. You never know if you're going to come out of it, so in the evening, as the light was fading, I was just walking in our, we have a sacred garden, the chakra garden, and I was walking through the garden in meditation, just trying to, um, just trying to be still in myself and let things unfold all for the best, you know, with the whole thing. And as I was coming to the crown chakra, on the seat of the crown chakra, I see something black, and it looks like a bit of garbage, right? And I'm, thinking, oh, God, somebody chucked some paper bag, some plastic bag over the over the hedge. How mean of them, you know, very spiritual for like it's supposed to be having on the crown chakra. And then I get closer and I see it, it's a blackbird lying on the seat, and it is dead. And it is perfect. It's nothing wrong with it. It hasn't been mangled by a cat or anything. It's just laid there on my crown chakra seat in perfection. Wow. Everything seemed to recede, and everything gets very quiet when you're having a an, an encounter with a, yeah. a, a, a a totem animal. You know, when it's when it's carrying a message for you, you can you can sense, especially when you get more into the whole tradition. You can sense a change in atmosphere, yeah. and so you know you must pay attention, right? Uh huh. So at that point, I hadn't I'd only got to about you know a couple of creatures. I'd just done the practical part, so I rushed away to look up. Blackbird, And I already knew from the Native Americans that if a bird strikes your window and is injured or dies, you take that bird and you bury it with respect and honor and gratitude. Because in the Native American tradition of the people I knew, that bird has taken on something that was coming at you and has given its life for you. So I already knew this was happening in this situation. This blackbird had given its life for me. So I took it and did exactly that. And then I went to research blackbird, and I learned that in our British indigenous tradition, there is a trinity of sacred birds, the eagle and the owl, like you might expect. Yes. And and the blackbird. So why the blackbird? Well, (laughs) the blackbird The blackbird enchants you with his beautiful song. And then he is black. He leads you into the underworld. He leads you into the shadow side. And if you know you're young or you know about your subconscious or your unconscious, that is where the treasure lies. And the blackbird knows this because he has dipped his beak in it. In England, the blackbird has a yellow golden beak. And so I knew I was being told I have to make a journey into my subconscious, my unconscious, sort of my childhood wounds. And there I'm going to find something relevant for this cancer. And I also knew I am going to be okay through the surgery. I'm certainly going to live through it because this bird has already given its life for me.
1: Mm. You know, these are the these are the stories when we think about these and we have these uh, we have things like this happen in our lives. This is why I I wanted you to share this because we have these things that are happening in our lives and sometimes we stop to notice and other times we don't. Uh, and, And what you've written in the book is a way for us to, to really get more closely in touch with what's happening, what our animal friends are telling us, how they're telling us. Uh, and I love that you did talk about that. And it's funny you mentioned about the blackbird, because I came home not too long ago, and right out in the front was a robin. Uh, and I thought, I, I don't know, I, it looked like maybe a cat had gotten it and left it there. But I thought, there is a Robin and for somebody like me, I've had many encounters (laughs) with the Robins in my backyard uh, in, in many ways. And I don't know very much about them. I've never had that experience, but what would you say to our listeners thinking about this, that today maybe they woke up, you know, maybe something they saw, maybe something that they've noticed. What would you say to them to be mindful of in these experiences? And of course, you know, your book and the website helps people through this, but what can they know? What can they stop and and, and recognize in a, in any given moment if we could, Celia? Well, um, I think to understand that we are
2: always receiving guidance and and that nature is full of message and meaning, if we have these eyes that pay that attention, the ears that listen just beyond just skimming over the surface... And um, are you, are you, is your question actually how you recognize? Yeah, that what, do pe- is what happening? should
1: people do? Because we see things, or we'll say, "Oh, there, isn't that interesting? That cat just always kind—the cat always follows me home," or you know, we're out and about in the world, and we'll have an encounter. And yes. most of the time, we're not paying any attention to it. But what I want to—I wanted you to share—is you know, what might we do to pay attention, perhaps in a way we hadn't before? You know, it's kind of ho-hum, but, the, but it's not really. I mean, for me, I've had many encounters, not this summer, but also last summer, with the robin finally to the point where there one was uh, that was was dead, and, and there it was. And so the question is, there was a new level of me trying to seek an understanding about that. Most people wouldn't. They would just pick it up and do something with it, right? So I wanted you to talk a little bit about what we... What we should be paying attention to here and the tools now that you've made available for folks. Well, yes, the um,
2: to learn to look with those new eyes that you have obviously um, become familiar with is a practice that is ongoing. To pay attention is also a, a practice that begins somewhere and then is constantly being refined and the beautiful thing is that once one starts to pay that special attention that the robin on the ground is not just a messy bird to be cleared away this is a messenger the cow that stands and looks you in the eye is not something that is challenging you, or perhaps it is a little bit but it is still a messenger the fox that crosses your path and stops and looks at you this is a messenger and I think it's a very gradual process, as it was for myself. From the moment of that that extraordinary shape, that you know, that that, that wolf head hanging in the sky, I still had to learn to pay attention and. You know, we have a very, our, what we call in yoga, the monkey brain or the monkey mind. It's all over the place. Oh, I need some toilet paper. Oh, what did he say to me the other day? I should get back at him for that. Oh, this, oh, that, you know. And all our little um, daily worries and pressures and stresses, and and I shouldn't call them little, they're often just big yeah. enough. They're all crowding forward in our mind. So to walk in stillness, to sit in stillness and you have it a, a person needs to kind of a little bit at least begin to consciously still themselves and pay attention and look and ask ask for guidance to be given you ask for help and this is another key i would say um issue because we are so bad at asking for help oh i can do it by myself you know from shoelaces onwards we are always um you know I'm, I'm, I'm independent I don't want to be beholden to anybody I can take care of myself I can do it by myself well the spirit world which is just on its edge wanting to help us guide us the ancestors whoever you want to or however you want to label that is so keen to guide us and help us but of course in my understanding is the universal law is cannot cannot intervene we need to ask So this is one concrete way a person can begin this process of reconnection, really, because that's what it is. It's our birthright to be connected like this. But we have nothing in our our culture, our society that teaches or shows us these ways. So to ask for the help, ask for the guidance, please go out there, show me. You see the robin and you notice there's something special about it. So the first thing you do is gratitude. Thank you. Respect and honour yeah. it. These are the first key things. As soon as you begin to show, and then please show me more, or confirm I'm feeling this. Please can you confirm? And all of these, um, these, these um, characteristics—the mm-hmm. the, the respect, the honour, the gratitude—this continues to open the door of perception. That yeah. you can then really begin to connect more and more deeply into this tradition can yeah. you see what i'm saying
1: yeah it's, hey um, let's do this let's take a short break here because we've got a caller calling in i'd love to yeah. bring our caller on, on on the show mr benny we have ann calling in today
3: hi miss hi Dr. how are you
1: awesome how can we help you today i, I you have a question what? and comment right
3: well i yes i um i agree um with your guest host about being very mindful about when animals are around it seems like one time I was driving and I saw a deer and it had stopped, and I had to stop as well, and it was just talking to me. But, but the mindfulness is the most important part. And another interesting thing is I have a lot of cardinals that come in my deck. And uh, one time a cardinal actually attached its feet to the screen of my sliding glass door, and I've never had that before. It was just so so weird to see that, and I was wondering... That had to be also a sign of someone being present. Oh, yes. The bird wasn't oh. hurt. The bird wasn't hurt, but he just stayed there for a few minutes on the screen. So he was kind of like on on the side, like he could fall right off, but he was hanging onto the screen. It was the weirdest thing.
2: The, the The fact that you call it the weirdest thing that already you know that is lovely because the weirdest things are the messages and the messengers coming to you that is definitely um that is a lovely a lovely story and also of the deer that looks at you yeah. you know telling you to go gently and um go lightly and and very lovingly and 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 family wise and all these kind of messages that carry with it whatever the situation was or even to pay attention what you are thinking about. At the time the creature appears like this, what was in your mind, or what was in your in your consciousness at that moment? It's very hard. To, and I, I
3: can't remember what I, what was on my mind at that time, but it was. But I have to remember that in the future. That's that's a good idea is to remember because just just it being there was just so obvious. But not everybody is awake to to find these things or to see these things. They could be right in front of you and you wouldn't know.
2: Absolutely. This is a uh, this is a great learning curve. We begin with sort of, oh, what's that bird, stupid bird, doing there? And then the next yeah. thing is, wait a minute, <laughs> it's, this, yeah. it's something going on here, right? And then so so the process continues. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and mindfulness- I guess it doesn't
3: matter which animals come to come to you, um, or, or so I have cardinals, and then again the deer, and then I see rabbits. So I guess I should be mindful of particular animals coming to me at that time.
2: Yeah, there's, there's a, a few things, ways you can look at it. First of all, like we've already said, what was on your mind at the time? Were you worrying about something? Were you afraid of something? Were you planning something? Were you planning a journey? Were you planning to leave your husband? <laughs> or um, were mm-hmm. you thinking about, mm-hmm. you know, all, all of these kind of things that could be in your mind. And I think make a note. Of the day and and then the creature and then do a little research you know find out the symbolic meanings of these the cardinal the deer the rabbits the rabbits a very powerful totem and sift for yourself i mean people often say oh what's my totem they ask me or what does that mean and i very much am of the opinion that i'm only here in the kind of um helping to identify and you are your own guru in this. You you find the meaning. You can Google, you can look in books, and but draw out the meaning for yourself of what feels right for you in that circumstance. It's just kind of like dreams. That's another language of the soul. I mean, there are there are universal symbols in dreams, but your dreamscape is a, a very personal um landscape and things have meaning specifically for you. And so you draw your own meaning out of the dream. So in the same way with the totem animal, to draw your own meaning that is being brought to you. And even if you want to know if it's, say, a messenger totem about something that's going on, or a journey totem that's coming to guide you or take care of you on a journey, or if it's a um, life totem, which is a, a, a one with you for life, obviously, like that. Um, that. There's a lot of different opinions about life totems. Mm-hmm. My personal feeling is one is for life, and then more may attach as you grow in experience, in knowledge, and in wisdom. But there's also shadow totems that come to show you, if they make you a little bit wobbly or fearful, they are showing you some aspect of yourself, reflecting it back at you, that some aspect of yourself you have yet to develop but you're a little bit afraid of it because it might be, might change everything, right? I mean, we're not keen on change as human beings, and so um, all, all of these ways of, of um, perception and interpreting what is being shown you, are things that get easier and more simplified actually by practice, and keeping it simple. When you research. Okay, I'll look up cardinal. You can Google, you can go online and you'll find forty different um ideas probably of, of what the cardinal is. Some are similar, some are way out there, some have way too much to say. And we like we like Pat said, keeping it simple is important. Yeah. yeah. But you will find things that resonate with you in that. So you make a little note of the thing that I will. Oh, that feels right. Oh, that feels right. Oh I I don't agree with that. So just discard it. What is is it's your it's your experience, right? So what resonates yeah. for you will be your truth. I hope that's helpful. Okay. Yeah.
1: Wow. Yes. I Thank yes, you so been. much yes. for that. Thank you, Anne. Hey, Ann. You know what I would All like right to dear. do? Yes, would you stay on? Um, uh, yes. And let Benny get some information. I'd like to get you a copy of the book.
3: Oh, thank you Look so much, end. Dr. Pat.
1: All right, Ann, stay on. Benny, would you please do that? And Mr. Benny, yes. Let us go to a break if we could. Hey, everybody, when we come back, we're going to be diving again into totem animals. How do you recognize them? What do they mean? Can they change? And what if there is an animal that just is with you? You've never seen it. You don't know much about them, but you've now have them everywhere. Stay tuned. We'll be See right later. back with the show, my my fabulous guest Celia Gunn. We'll be right back.
0: What is a brilliant culture, and how do we create them? Why are they important? Claudette Rowley has created a breakthrough five-step process to help you design a culture that is authentic, innovative, and successful. Learn how to create change with Cultural Brilliance Radio the DNA of organizational excellence and Claudette Rowley. To learn more or work with Claudette, visit ClaudetteRowley.com. Are you ready to start winning at the game of life? Lynn Brown, host of Get Into It, Winning at the Game of Life, is here to help you reach places and goals that you never thought possible. Lynn is an intuitive healer with a specialized background in financial healing. She combines her intuitive nature and her wholesome approach to financial planning. To learn more about her financial planning services, contact her personally at letter R, letter U, Intuit.com.
3: Chris Stainis
1: is a spiritual leader and healer and teaches a course on how you can transform your life through a meditation and healing system that will manifest your spirit's dreams. She manifested the Women of Wisdom Conference, the Women of Wisdom book, and this radio show. And
3: she can show you how to change your life, too. Are you ready? Visit the website
0: and contact her at VoicesOfWomentoday.com. That's VoicesOfWomentoday.com. Have you been seeing numbers like 111 and 222 everywhere you go? Do you feel that the universe may be trying to get your attention, perhaps offering a message of some sort? As it turns out, numerical patterns and certain types of geometry form the very fabric of our reality, from cells under a microscope to the astronomy of our night sky. At Stellar Reflections, we offer special sessions which tap into these patterns, designed specifically to support you on your journey. The 111 and 222 activations are sessions activating new patterns in your energy field, which in turn can help you create new patterns in your life. After just one session with a practitioner, either in person or via distance, Clients report gaining greater clarity, becoming more intuitive, and honoring their inner truth as they move forward in their lives. Curious about what these transformational sessions might do for you? Call 425-999-9836 or visit StellarReflections.com. That's StellarReflections.com. Do you want to achieve your goals? Do you want to strengthen relationships with others? Do you want to improve your financial status? Colette Marie Steffen is partnering with Mark Kettenbach to bring you an energetic upgrade online experience. Unfold and develop your full potential. Visit energeticupgrade.com today for more information. That's energeticupgrade.com. Don't make you sad
1: about it me hey everybody welcome back what a great show we got going on over here if you guys have questions for Celia Gunn, my very special guest today the wisdom of your totem animal uh, the book is fabulous. I want to make sure before we, you know, get to in, in, I mean, we're just cranking it up over here. And so before we get uh, too deeply engaged here, I want to make sure all of you know you can give us a call. But also, I want to make sure you have the website that you can go to. Uh, Celia, what's the best website for people to go to to find out more about you? and to get, and, and how can they get a copy of the book?
2: Um, I would say um, being in North America, as as I'm in England, um, Mm -hmm. Amazon probably is the best way. Awesome. Or or order through your bookshop. You know, there's the the two basic, basic routes, I would say. As for my website, um, which is www.earthskywalk.com. Yes. um, There is, I have not much got much information about totem animals per se on that. That is more about what my husband and I do in in reconnection. Um, we help people reconnect to the land and to, to nature. That's yeah, beautiful. And to each other as well. Yeah. And that is our, our, our remit for the rest of our lives, basically. Yeah. And um, uh, I also, um, Twisted Coyote's Tale, by my book about my experience with the, the North American Native people, yeah. is, um, has its own Facebook page. And also, I have a sacred garden which is called the Chakra Garden, which has its yeah. own Facebook page as well. So people are welcome to visit both of these pages. They can easily contact me through either of these Facebook pages. I'm mostly yeah. on Facebook, as well as as um, and the the gardens also on the on the website and the philosophy behind the garden, which is it's a meditation it's beautiful, um, beautiful. It's, people, I'm happy if people would like to contact me, ask questions, but I will still say the same thing as we were just talking about, Robin. Ultimately, the interpretation of your creature is down to you. I can say it means this in mythologies, it represents this, it represents that, but be your own guru. I can't stress that this enough, you know, how people say, gee, you are you. And um, to, to be, you know, use your intuition. This is what, Totem animals can help, you know, being in contact with this tradition can help you with. It's refining your inner knowing, refining your in- intuition. Your instincts are really going to get stronger and stronger the more you delve and, and, and travel into this tradition and make it part of your life as it has become in mine. And I think for me, it's probably the most important one, in my opinion, that um people can reconnect with learn about it is part of our heritage, it was part of our indigenous British heritage until the church kind of swept all this stuff away. However, it is still in even in the Bible you know in job there 's a um quotation about people probably will know this about the you know they ask the animals and they will teach yeah. you the birds yeah. of the air they will tell you speak to the earth, it will teach you, and let the fish of the sea inform you oh. and so it's it's it 's been there the whole time and there's also um it's it's so vital to me that when i actually met one of your great new age um giants i would say spiritual giants barbara handcloud um about seven or eight years ago and we met because of the native people um that i was working with and in her book the mind chronicles there is the most succinct quote I can think about for this, and that is when a person finds his or her totem animal, then he or she is a whole person in the cosmos. So that mm-hmm. to me is the best um, way I can sort of um you know, relay the importance of this tradition yeah. to me because this is your connection to the stuff of which you are made. You are made of this planet. You are made of this earth. And, you know, we are all interconnected. We're all part of the sacred web of life. And um, so I'm, I'm, I'm pushing it very strongly, I'm afraid. Yeah. But, you know, the, I, I do believe in this tradition very powerfully as being one of the most important to connect with.
1: Mm-hmm. What do you think is the most, uh, I would say, right now, uh, from the many, many, many people you've worked with writing the book, What would would you say is the most misunderstood animal totem? Or maybe there's more than one. But what do you think is most misunderstood? Like when people are told or people say, oh, that's my animal totem, right? They're like, really? You know, but what do you think is, uh, would you say is an animal totem that's misunderstood? Meaning that we know about it, uh, but we just don't get the true meaning of it. Um.
2: I think there's, I'd like to go to two extremes on this sure. one. Yeah. Um,
1: one is rabbit. Yes. I, um, I got the rabbit page. I cannot believe you did that. I just am <laughs> sitting here. I cannot believe you just did that. Page 75 in your book. Interesting. Oh, okay. All right. Okay.
2: Well, the rabbit. I mean, you you can see why people would say a rabbit is my life totem, that's terrible. And I actually had mm-hmm. this happen to me in a in a guided meditation. A tall, big guy from London with a ponytail came up to me and he said, oh, "I think my totem is eagle." This was after the oh, after the guided uh-huh. meditation, and I said, "Well, you said I think, so that already tells me it's not." Because I said I give you not <laughs> to think. <it." laughs> you know, I said let it happen. And then he said, "Well, to be honest." a little rabbit popped into my mind's eye when you, you know, when we during that meditation. And I said, take the book, go look at rabbit, go read about rabbit, and just have a f- few moments for yourself. So he went away, read about the rabbit, and he came back, and he says, no, oh, it's me to a tea. So oh. here is a creature that is very sensitive, super sensitive. Look at its. You know, whiskers twitching its eyes, its ears, it can hear so well. It's clairvoyancy, clairaudience, super sensitivity, right? Very yeah. cautious, very humble, and um, and and creative, right? They have babies galore. So <laughs> so you've got a whole bunch of of meanings here. And then also it's a basic food animal for so many people. It has sustained humans and prey animals throughout, you know, existence. So it's it's a great giveaway creature, so generous, right, of its life. So it is a very powerful totem to have. And I think another extremely misunderstood one on the other end of the scale. Actually, I was just going to say that guy who said eagle wasn't that far out because I do suggest to people that they look also at the other side of their totem. So looking at eagle who preys on the rabbit, that is part of his experience too in totem. So that's the balance, if you will, you know, the, the, the eagle that hunts the rabbit and so on. Wow. But the other one I would say is snake because um if you th- if you know our our um majority religion christianity you know yes. the garden yep. of eden story and there's the snake you know sending us out of making us lose our place in paradise mm-hmm. well it's not quite like that really if if you peel back the layers of meaning in the um story of the garden of eden the snake is not he's not subverting us he's actually showing us that we have free will. We have choice. He's showing us the wisdom of free will. We can do the nasty thing or we can do the nice thing, and that's always in front of us is that free will and choice. And that is what Snake is, first of all, showing us in our very basic mythological stories in the Bible. And then if you take snake. In the terms, I mean, I've not met many people who have got snake as a totem because it is a very powerful totem. And, you know, the um, shamans who have snake as their totem usually have to um, let themselves be bitten by the snake and survive the poisoning of the venom and on and on and on. So they almost die. They almost go to the other side. They go to the liminal state and recover and they go through fire And they become highly refined. So somebody who has snake as a totem is going to be a very powerful person with high creativity who can go through the fire and survive. It can shed skins, right, and change and grow. So those were Two, I would, I would center in on quite differently.
1: Wow. You know, I want to talk with you about this too. And, uh, Benny, we're just going to skip the next break as well. Uh, you know, I have a, a really a just amazing best friend. And for as long as I can remember, just this absolute affinity to dragons. Oh. Uh, you know, dra- got uh, dragon sculptures, dra- whatever it is. Uh, and you know when you ask and you say, well, have you, you know, was this part of your childhood? No. So I want to talk with you about this because sometimes we wake up uh, or we go through life and we have this affinity. And in her case, it's dragons. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, you know, it's not like she runs out and goes see every dragon movie. It's just, uh, just this closeness to them, right? Uh, and, and many of us have uh, o- other things in, in our life that, you know, other animals uh, that we're really drawn to. And yet at the same time, you know, we don't have a full understanding of that. And about six months ago, she had this beautiful glass dragon that broke. Mm-hmm. And she just went into complete Oh, my God, what does that mean? So I'd like for you to talk about what happens when things like that happen. Like in my case, I shared with you during the break, came home one day and there was this this poor dead Robin right in the middle of the doormat, right? And I thought to myself, what's going to happen now? Can you talk with us about when those kinds of things might happen, right? uh yeah. you know just you know what how do we how do we look for meaning how do we find the meaning so to speak in things like that and this is so key is is this looking for meaning and
2: yeah. you know back again um about, about your robin that you found dead i'll yeah. return again to the native american interpretation of that that it has given its life for you for something that was coming at you i believe in this very strongly that yeah. the spirit world does look after us and once you're in in touch with your life totem this is the kind of thing that will hop up or appear now and then and the thing is not to first of all go into a space of fear or 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 worry Uh or about this this thing breaking or dying because the world is about change nature is about change the natural world is always about change death and rebirth are just steps along the way breakages and putting them back together, that's just steps along the way. But I do feel very strongly about this, for example, this, this bloke, broken black dragon.
1: The dragon, it was a crystal dragon. Yeah, well, crystal energy is, you know, they are,
2: they are um, the crystal itself is a totem, right? As well yeah. as the a- animal it symbolizes. And by the way, I must make it quite clear that people can have, don't have to have actual real day totem animals you can have fantastical ones as well as your life totem what you know if you're drawn to it it's yours you know it is your life totem um i think there's a kind of native people would say oh that energy went where it needs to go okay so that is how i i I see it very much it was actually a pipe carrier who said that to me when a storm i was washing my crystals in a stream and a storm happened while I was just down down in, in in the valley, and when I came back, the creek had changed beyond recognition, and all my crystals were gone. They mm-hmm. just the stream had changed into a creek beyond recognition, and 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 this pipe carrier said to me, the the water took them to where the storm took them to where they needed to you know where where they needed to go, and he says yeah. and the water needs all the help it can get these days, and and so when a, a creature dies. I mean, I've already talked about the death of a bird, but this, this dragon breaking. I mean, I don't know what kind of crystal it was obsidian mm-hmm. or smoky quartz or what. But look to what the um, I mean, the Crystal Bible is a very good book by Judy Hall. In this, who's she's a friend of mine too. I'm not plugging her book, she just is a very good um, um, resource. Look to the meaning of the crystal, you know. Mm-hmm see what the energy is being released here because if the dragon broke it's releasing its energy and it's it's going not only out into your life it's going out into the world and if it were obsidian or whatever that you know i think obsidian means uh it stands for confidence and um that's a releasing of confidence into the world and into that person's life so it's not to be I mean, you can be upset, that's quite natural in the human, right. and have a little weep and let go of all of those those right. uh, sadness, and that's, fair, that's fine, and all of that, but also look at it with joy, because it, you're also not then being stuck with something, you're not being stuck in one place, like being on the medicine wheel, you know, you've got to keep moving, you've got to keep moving around, things change, you move on, you grow, you experience more, and you grow more, so... Not to get too attached to things, you know, when they do go, when they do leave us, because when they leave, they they've given of everything to us, you know, and, and released it. That's what I'm seeing. This black dragon story, mm. it, it's yeah. given up its, its its energy to that lady, and and um and and it's time to move on to the next level.
1: Yeah, well, I With- I mean, I think that for many of us, um, we have a sense of. Of what we're related to, I have to tell you, uh, it doesn't matter what day of the week it is or uh, what time of the day it is. um, I will pull out of my uh, street and take off to wherever I'm going. And uh, I can't remember a single time that I have done that, that I haven't seen a rabbit. Mm
3: -hmm. Not a single time. Mm -hmm.
1: Uh, In the mornings, I get up early. I go meet with a group of people. I pull out. Maybe I don't see it when I'm pulling out. But on the way home, boom, there it is. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it, you know, it's, and so I'm fascinated by this because I always thought rabbit meant fear. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. kind of what I learned. And then I read your book about that and it's something different. So what you've been able to do is help us really understand this. Um, I have a question that, that, uh, came in. What if you have uh, animal totems from as a child, uh, do you outgrow these? Do, do do animal totems... Oh, good question. Do mm-hmm. animal, animal totems transition as we go through cycles of aging? That's a good question, right? It is. It's a wonderful
2: okay. question. Um, and I, again, I think I, I'm going to be very careful here because I'm giving you my opinion yeah. and my worldview. So other people might have different views. I think very much like... Um, I don't know if you've ever seen that film, *The Golden Compass*, based on yes. um, yeah Philip Philip Pullman's trilogy, *His Dark Materials*. And in there, he has an alternative world where the people have a daemon, D A I M O N, not demon daemon, which is that their, their fam- familiar or their totem animal. Yes. And in that yes. book, they in 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 his view in that book, it switches all the time as a child moves to this, it moves to that, it changes this, it changes that, and it doesn't really get established until they are past puberty. That makes a lot of sense to me, because children are flitting around like butterflies, experiencing this, experiencing that. They might gather two or three totems, you know, they might gather five, they might keep the five, and this is again where you are your own guru. I would say with children, the most important thing is if you see a child who is Dead keen on horses, or like myself, I was. I loved wolves from childhood onwards. Yeah. I always, if, if you'd said, "What animal do you want to be?" I would have said a wolf. You know, and that is sort of a really good way to find it out. However, it's also very important not to fixate the, a child onto one creature, and not even maybe to point it out too much. Let them experience it in their own way. It helps the parent to know the child. If you know your child is um, very keen on horses, look to the horse, the grace and the beauty of the horse, the horse that has carried us across the world, you know, all of the things that the horse symbolizes. But know also that do not it's, it's it helps you to know the child, but not to get the child. Um, I wouldn't say to the child, oh, that's your totem. <laughs> and uh, Lay it on the child, right, Lay your own projection on that child who might still grow on and rather prefer the dog afterwards, or cats, or suddenly it might be a hippo like my grandson he His totem has clearly been hippo until he was about uh, about nine, and uh. it's changing now
1: right. I mean, don't make a judgment about what you think it should or shouldn't be you That's know very... for for that animal uh That's... and for the individual. And what I what the sense that I'm getting is that, you know, this is a personal journey and that we get to determine who we resonate with uh, and, and what that might be about or not be about. And I think so often one of the what I think one of the 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 real disservices this has been in in the way we've talking about our animal totems is we literally think that somebody assigns them to us. And therefore that that is. And actually, I will tell you that I have had uh, totems assigned to me. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, but in a very sacred environment, you know, Mm -hmm. clearly this was in a sweat lodge and, you know, I was uh, the drummer by the door. And every time I would drum, there would be this screeching sound oh. and it became so a part of that spiritual circle that, you know, the, the, the shaman, the chief who is, who is, who is in the sweat decided to give me a name around that. And oh. those things I think might happen, but they don't have to happen in that way. And you know, when somebody gives you a name like that, you're not going to say, "Oh, I don't really want that name." <laughs> oh no, you you gotta you take like, your no. name." <laughs> you're not like, "No, I don't want that name because I was literally having a dialogue back and forth. What yeah. is the message for people? I know we've got a couple of, of uh, a couple of uh, minutes left, but you wrote this book very passionately, very clearly, for people to use in their lives. There's an overarching message that I, I I get from talking with you, and I would love for you to share that to our listeners. You know, how can we embrace these amazing animal, you know, spiritual connections that we make, and how do we use them in modern-day society? And thank you for joining me here today.
2: It's my pleasure. I think that once you come into contact with these creatures, I think then to make it a part of your daily life i have done i have the creatures that are important to me that have significance for me with everyone that has brought a message even if it's only a short message or a one that's been something taking me something for a couple of years or for life i find a way to honor that creature and never forget the gratitude Always thank the creature for appearing. Thank it for giving its life. Honor it. Bury that bird with honor. I mean, if you haven't done it this time, do it next time. Don't worry about that. But um, I have rings. I have brooches. I have necklaces. I have bracelets with all various creatures on. And in my private place in my house, I have a little altar. On that altar is all some representation, whether it's a feather or a bit of a hoof or what or a picture of some creature that has had a message for me and has had meaning for them. Every day, I look at them, I touch them, and I thank them. Oh, wow. and so that So that keeps it, the honor and the gratitude and the respect will make it so alive in your life. And then not forgetting to ask, I need help. If you know, like I know my, my totem is wolf, and I have to do something... Um, maybe a big project with a lot of people and i'm more of a lone wolf than a pack wolf <laughs> but if i need to work if i need to work with a lot of people i might say to a wolf can you bring me energy of bee or ant you know who work well in a big community and then i can you know help help me to 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 cope and to work well in this group so Is remembering to ask for the help. Turn to your totems. Ask your life totem to bring the energy of other totems to help you in any endeavor or anything you want to try, and even then, also in the real world, perhaps support your creature if it's an endangered species. Species, you know, help to raise awareness about it. Yeah. Give money if you can afford it, or, or or support a charity or something like this, you know, so that you're actively actively enhancing the whole thing and supporting it in real life as well as in the spiritual sense
1: yeah wow yeah. how powerful is this thank you so much for today please give out your website again and let folks know how they can get a copy of this amazing book totem animals Celia Gunn is my guest today again please give out your website thank you it's
2: www.earthskywalk all one word, .com and book, I guess, through Amazon and uh, all yeah. through your local
1: bookshop. Awesome.
0: The preceding audio was via a Skype call.